Welcome our online audience again this evening. May the Lord richly bless you wherever you may be joining us from this evening as well. I am grateful that you are back in the house of the Lord on this Sunday evening. I'm grateful for the presence of the Lord we felt in this house this morning. Thankful for the souls that surrendered their lives to the Lord. Let us be in prayer for those men and women this evening and as we go throughout the week that the Lord would just would just touch them and uh, strengthen them as they start their journey with Christ. It is one of the greatest things that any man, woman, boy, or girl can ever experience. And I'm so thankful that he's still saving, still delivering, still setting free. Amen. Is anybody ready for the word tonight? I pray that we are. If you have your Bibles this evening, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Acts chapter number 4. Acts chapter number 4. I'm just going to give you one verse at the beginning, and then we will visit other parts of this chapter in just a few moments. Uh, I don't know how long I'll be tonight, but uh, I'm not going to keep you long. I just want to share with you uh, what the Lord has placed in my heart. And... uh, I believe that we find ourselves in a season in which we must have clear understanding of what it really means to be found in a place such as we are. And uh, I'm not talking about just this house specifically, but the church in general across the globe today. We can find when we look at history, and I believe while it is detrimental for us to live in the past it's very beneficial for us to visit the past because we can learn and we can see how certain things transpired when there was moves of God that was taking place now this may be something you don't want to hear tonight but every time in history that there has been a mighty move of God there has always been been the uprising of resistance and persecution and that resistance and persecution does not necessarily come from the outside world but it very often has come through religious organizations and entities that men have decided to sit up now I love the church and I encourage the church but today we must understand that anytime the church begins to be focused on anything other than Christ the church becomes out of balance and it becomes something that's dangerous now there is a remnant of believers that is not bound to any one denomination but there is a remnant of believers across this globe men and women that has surrendered their life to the Lord And they are following after him, and God is using them greatly. And I'm excited that there is men and women in this house that is in that number. And I'm glad tonight that we can testify and say, without hesitation, thank God I'm one of them. Do I have any of them in the house tonight? I hope you all wake up in just a little bit. But I want you to understand with me tonight that... Just because there's a move of God doesn't mean everything's going to become tulips and roses. But it means this, that the enemy will try everything in his power to distract and to discourage and try to stop the move of God. Now, we know this. He does not have the ability nor the power to do so unless men and women give him that power. And therefore, tonight, I believe it's important that we understand the role that we have to play as men and women of God. I'm thankful tonight that Scripture tells me that it's not by might nor by power, but it is by His Spirit that we're able to have victory. But when we have His Spirit, that means this, we have His power and His authority. We're not able to advance in our own power and our own ability, but how many knows that when Bill and Gloria Gaither many years ago sat down and began to write the words to a song called Because He Lives, they was writing something from a place of spiritual revelation, simply saying this, because he lives, I can live. 
and tonight I can't just not live, uh, but can I tell you, because he lives, I can live in the victory that he lives in. And the victory that he lives in is a victory that is able to overcome anything that raises its head. So therefore, I don't have to be afraid of my tomorrow. But tonight, I can rest assured that if God gives me tomorrow, I can be victorious tomorrow. Because the same spirit that was with, him, with me yesterday is with me today. And if I have tomorrow, it's going to be with me tomorrow. You missed a good place to shout right there. Because the devil's been telling some of you, you're not going to make it. But I come to tell you, you're going to make it. Because God still is who he says he is. Amen. So tonight, I want you to be encouraged. Because God is still doing what needs to be done. And we are getting ready to see, I believe, with all every fiber in me that there is another wave of his power and his anointing that's getting ready to touch the earth as I've said over the last couple of weeks. But let me give you verse number 33 from the book of Acts chapter 4 and then we're just going to dive into this thing tonight. Acts chapter 4 beginning in verse number 33 only one verse this evening and it says and with great power tell your neighbors say great power And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them. Let me read it again. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. For a few moments for a subject matter tonight, I want to deal with restoring the witness of the resurrection restoring the witness of the resurrection. Dear Heavenly Father, I love you tonight. I thank you for your word. I thank you for its anointing. I thank you for the men and women that's with us tonight. And Lord, I pray that this vessel of clay would just be anointed by your Holy Spirit. Let me speak that which you would have for me today and for these people to hear. And Lord, let us have a heart to receive. Let our ears be anointed to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing in reverence of the word. To give you a very basic definition of what it means to give witness to or to give witness of is simply this. It is a person or a thing that affords evidence of. I wonder tonight just how much evidence are we offering to a generation that Jesus is alive. Think about it. May I ask the question today, how well of a witness are we offering to the world around us concerning the resurrection of our Lord? As I take a closer look at the early church, especially, I am moved greatly by what I see. The the challenge that was before them was amazingly difficult. But they realized that they had experienced, uh, what they had experienced was not just for them, but it was to be shared with all. Therefore, it caused them to dig deep within themselves, and they willingly sacrificed what they had known and what they had been to share this great truth that they had experienced. I wonder if there's anybody excited about what you experienced with Jesus today. Doesn't matter how long it's been. Some of you, you've got a little bit of age on you. Some of you, you could testify tonight, well, I've been following Jesus for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Maybe a few of you getting there at 50 years. But can I tell you today, just because it's been that long doesn't mean it's any less impactful. But can I tell you today, when we began to look at what they experienced, there's something began to be burning inside of them in such a manner. And because of their willingness, they were rewarded by God himself. And they received something that would set them on a path. Because if you read over a little bit further in the book of Acts, you would read that this is the reputation that they had. These are they that turned the world upside down. May I ask the question to you and I, what are we turning upside down today? What are we causing to be shifted and changed 
because of our conversion, because of our relationship with Christ. Please hear me today. When I look at our passage, our scripture text tonight, it says, with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Now, who was the apostles? They was young men. They was not elder saints. They was not seasoned men of the faith of any sort of the imagination. But we're talking about the apostles. They was lawyers and young physicians. They was fishermen. They was many of them was identified as ignorant and unlearned when you start talking about Peter and John. They didn't bring much to the table by the world's standard. They had not been to the school of the prophets. They had not been the top of their class, so to speak, by the world's standards. But these men, these apostles, they, they began to, with great power, gave witness of the resurrection of the Lord. So my question tonight is, how is it that ordinary men and ordinary women made such an impact on a generation that they turned the world upside down? How is it that they was able to give such witness of the resurrection of their Lord Jesus Christ? Can I tell you tonight, it wasn't because all they offered was words. It wasn't because that they had the ability to just intellectually convince somebody that Jesus was this magnificent individual. But there was things attached to their life that made uh, it undeniable that there was something different about this man that they had encountered and who they had received into their life. When I began to look at this, I find that it was them and their willingness to follow after him that they was able to experience an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. If you remember the story after Jesus' resurrection... He is over by the edge of the water and he is speaking to about 500 individuals and he simply gives them a commission. He says, not many days from now, you'll be endued with power from on high to be witnesses for me. Go to Jerusalem and tarry there because there's a place where I'm going to come and visit. Uh, now, we have taught this and preached this for years. And we find that as they begin to take their journey and Jesus ascends into the clouds of heaven and they stand there in awe of what was transpiring, we know that they transition to an upper room in Jerusalem. And as they do that, uh, we find that things begin to change. Now, we know in about a 10-day period uh, that in, the, in Acts chapter number 2, it simply says these words, that the day of Pentecost was fully come. They was in one mind and one accord, uh, and something began to happen. I'm not going to preach on that today, but I could. But notice what transpired when they was in this upper room. It says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven, and as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set up on each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Uh, now, we know that something transpired in the life of especially of one by the name of Peter. 50 days before this, we know that Peter, who had walked with Jesus for three and a half years, uh, he simply began to deny him. He says, I'm not part of him. Uh, I don't know who he is. Uh, but the Lord told him, he said, before the morning comes, but before, the, but before you hear the rooster crowing, uh, then you're going to deny me three times. But Peter said, I'll never deny you, Lord. I love you. I'm, I'm with you all the way. But we know the story. Uh, there was a pressure. There was an outside influence that began to push on his life in such a way he was fearful uh, that life was going to be stripped from him uh, and he was not one of great power in this moment. Uh, he was not one that was of a great testimony uh, but we find that he cowardly denied Christ three different times uh, but after hearing that old rooster crow uh, he began to weep and was sorrowful of heart uh, and we find that he found a place of repentance after the resurrection 
resurrection. And now 50 days later, we're in the upper room, uh, one mind and one accord. All of a sudden, the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost comes upon him. And when you read throughout chapter 2, you will find uh, that Peter standing up with the others, uh, he began to lift up his voice and he said, uh, you men of Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. Uh, these men are not drunk as you suppose, seeing is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which the prophet spoke of. And we find that he goes on and he preaches this message with power and authority. And 3,000 come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord. Uh, we find that something began to be transpiring. Uh, it began to be an anointing. There began to be a power upon his life. Uh, and we find that he boldly begins to proclaim uh, that Jesus is Lord. Uh, how is it that he is able to operate in such power when 50 days before uh, he was cowering away because uh, of what might happen to him? Uh, but we find when you go a little further uh, and you begin to see, I think there's some things that we can find throughout the book of Acts that's very interesting. Uh, we find in Acts chapter number 3, uh, we find that Peter and John is going to the temple at the hour of prayer. You're familiar with the story, but there's a man at the age of 40 years old. Uh, daily, he was placed outside the gate called Beautiful, and he was there begging every day just to get through that day and hopefully get through the next. Uh, and we find that Peter was coming, uh, and he simply looked at him, fastening his eyes upon him, and we find he simply said this, silver and gold I don't have, uh, but that which I do have I give unto you, uh, and you know the story. Immediately, a man that had never walked, uh, a man that had never been able to do anything for himself, uh, it says that he reached out and took the hand of Peter, and it says that strength came to his ankle bones. Uh, he began to leap, walk, and praise God, and went into the temple with Peter and John. How many knows that causes a stir? But we find that they was witnessing uh, the power and the anointing of God. Everybody comes along. For the sake of time, I will not read it. But throughout chapter 3, there's a crowd of people that comes to the lame man and to Peter and John. And they're saying, how is this happening? Uh, what has transpired? And they simply begin to preach again. And Peter begins to tell them, uh, the God of Abraham, uh, the God of Isaac, uh, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers. He's been glorified through his son Jesus, the one that you crucified, the one that you've done away with. Uh, it is by him and his name and faith in his name uh, that this man is able to stand before you and to walk and to leap and to praise the Lord. People began to gravitate towards this message and began to gravitate to it in such a way that we find that after this event uh, that 5,000 men gave their life to the Lord. And we find that that's not even talking about women and children that was present. Uh, but when you begin to read at this, this was not pleasing to everybody. Uh, when you get over to chapter number 4, you find uh, that the spiritual leaders of that day, they began to resist what was going on. And they put hands on Peter and John and put them in a hold until the next morning. And when they take them the next morning, they set them down before the religious leaders and elders uh, and they simply said this, by what power or by what name have you done this? In verse number 7, and Peter been filled with the Holy Ghost, he simply said to them, ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified whom God raised from the dead even by him doeth this man stand here before you whole notice this uh, this is the stone which was set at naught uh, of you builders which is become the head of the corner neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved notice now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Uh, and beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing 
against it. Uh, What am I saying this evening? Notice with me tonight. uh, There was such a presence of God uh, through the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost uh, upon Peter and John at this season uh, that there was no denying uh, that they had experienced something uh, that others did not understand. Uh, You will find that in this passage of Scripture also uh, it says uh, that they could not speak again what had just transpired for a man that they all knew had set outside the gate called Beautiful uh, because he was standing there in a different manner than they'd ever saw him before. Uh, and they said, the only thing we can come to, the only conclusion that we have uh, is that Peter and John, they've been with Jesus. Uh, can I tell you, because of that testimony, uh, they uh, was witnesses uh, of the resurrection uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you say, what does that have to do with you and I tonight? Please stay with me just for a few moments. Uh, I want you to understand that in recent years, uh, we have told people stories uh, about how it used to be. Uh, We've told people about how wonderful he used to be, uh, but yet we have a generation of young adults and children and preteens that has never yet saw the moving of God. Uh, And can I tell you, uh, that is a bad reflection uh, to the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, He is not weaker now than he's been. Uh, He is still the same God. Uh, My Bible tells me very clearly that he is a God that does not change. Uh, He is a God that was powerful yesterday, today, uh, and forever. Uh, If we are not seeing and experiencing uh, the power and the manifestation of God, uh, it is nothing to do with God himself. Uh, but it has to do uh, with the men and women that is waving the banner of Christianity. Uh, I want you to hear me tonight. Uh, You and I have great responsibility. Uh, We have been given the greatest gift that has ever been given to man. Uh, Listen, uh, I'm not saved just so I can make it to heaven. Uh, I want to make it to heaven and have eternal everlasting life. Uh, Yes, that is the end goal, to live in the presence of my king. Uh, But while I'm here... uh, in this time that's called a vapor. Uh, I am an ambassador for my king, uh, and therefore I am an ambassador uh, that has not been sent out to be defeated, uh, but I am an ambassador that's been sent out with a message. Uh, But my message that I have uh, is a message that has power as well as authority attached to it. Uh, There is no devil in hell that is able uh, to stop uh, a man of God or a woman of God. Uh, I'm going to preach this thing while you sit there tonight because it's all right. Uh, Because can I tell you today, uh, there has to be the restoring uh, of the witness. Uh, Listen, this generation don't want to hear, oh, God did something in 1933. I'm glad he did. Uh, But what about 2023 uh, when the world is a mess and everything's falling apart? Uh, What about laying hands on somebody and they've been healed and recovering? Uh, What about experiencing an outpouring of the Holy Ghost uh, in a church? service on a Sunday night when everybody's tired. Uh, But can I tell you tonight, uh, this generation, uh, they got to see him uh, for who he is. uh, But they're only going to see him for who he is uh, is when somebody's willing uh, to give everything. Uh, It still is the same requirement. Uh, Pick up your cross daily uh, and follow me. Can I say it this way? And please don't be offended, ladies. Uh, This thing isn't for sissies. Well, I'd serve God if they'd treat me better. Really? I've got a whole book. You better be glad I'm not going to preach this thing tonight. But listen, I got a whole book. It wasn't easy. Listen, it wasn't easy. But they was mighty powerful witnesses. Let me give you just one. Stephen celebrated. No, Stephen was stoned to death. Acts chapter 7 in your Bible will tell you that as they was throwing stones at him, he simply said this, Lord, don't hold it to their charge. They don't really know what they're doing. And they marveled at him because he stood there 
not in malice, but he stood there and he was a representative of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they said, how can somebody love like this? How can somebody have this much compassion? Why is it that he's not running away? Why is it that he's not picking something up and throwing back at us? Uh, But he was standing knowing this, uh, that I am better to be a witness for my king uh, than I am to try to revenge uh, in the natural for myself because he understood uh, that if I leave this world, uh, then I'm going to be absent from this body, but I'm going to be present with my Lord. uh, And it's the only time in Scripture that you will see uh, that where it says when Stephen looked up, uh, Jesus was standing by the right hand of the Father. Can I tell you, when somebody's willing to give everything, uh, it makes heaven stand up at attention. uh, And it is something to celebrate today. Can I tell you, not just Stephen, but there is one by the name of St. Lawrence. St. Lawrence in the year 258 AD, notice this. St. Lawrence was among seven deacons that was tasked with helping the less privileged. Uh, and they began to be, uh, there, there began to be a rebellion. Uh, and there began to be a slaughter take place. And Lawrence, after the Pope was, what, what was murdered, uh, began to go in and take what the church was hiding uh, and began it to the poor. We find that they began to distribute uh, and began to be a blessing, to be the hands and feet. And all of a sudden, uh, there began to be, the emperor began to say, listen, I'll give you three days to bring me everything. Uh, but instead of bringing them the wealth, he brought them all to the poor people uh, and said, look, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And the emperor became so furious that they simply grabbed St. Lawrence uh, and placed them on a gridiron uh, and began to grill him alive. Notice. How does someone walk through these types of situations? St. Lawrence, when he was being grilled, he simply, while he was laying on that old gridiron, being grilled alive, he simply said, oh, by the way, could you do something for me? Could you turn me over because this side's not getting done? Think about it. Got under their skin in such a manner after he asked them to turn over. And yet when he began to be burned, it says this. And when it was done, he proceeded to cry again saying, at last I am finished. You may now take from me and eat. What about a witness of the Lord Jesus Christ? How much can one man take? St. Margaret, she was married she began to go against the religious leaders of her day. You will find that trying to get her to be silent, trying to get her to stop what she was doing, they failed and she said, I'll continue to serve my Lord. And they took her and they placed her under great weight and they pressed her to death, but yet she refused to deny her Lord. Notice with me, it was on March the 25th, 1586, that she was taken to a toll booth on an old bridge where she was stretched out on the ground and a sharp rock under her back and her body was crushed under a door overlaid with unbearable weights. Every bone in her body was broken and she lived in that manner and that anguish for 15 minutes, but yet she refused to deny her king. What am I saying tonight is I'm saying that there has been men and women before us that they, with great power, gave testimony of the witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why am I saying that to you and I this evening is because, can I tell you, there is getting ready to be a wave of resistance to come against the church of Jesus Christ like we have never known. But it's getting ready to be the backdrop for one of the greatest moves of God that we've ever seen. Because we're getting ready to see men and women become great witnesses. And there's going to be a display of great power. Because can I tell you, our God has not changed. Notice Mark chapter number 16. Verse number 15 in the following says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. But notice it says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. I wonder if anybody believes in this building today. Let me see your hand. Do you believe? Do you believe? Don't be shy about it. Do you believe? Okay. If we believe. 
This is what will follow you. Didn't say this was just for a designated time, but this is for all that will believe. Notice it says, in my name they shall cast out devils. I wonder how many devils you've cast out. They shall speak with new tongues. Don't get quiet on me now. And we're not talking about playing with these crazy things, but they say, I'll take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. What am I saying is this. The apostles, with great power, gave witness of the resurrection of the Lord because these things is what followed them in their daily life. But yet we've come to a place where we believe a lie that, well, we can't do anything because, well, we got to have this and we got to have that and then we can have a move of God. Listen, as I've told you over and over and over, William Booth had such insight. He said, I'm not waiting for a move of God. I am a move of God. If we are a move of God, that means this. And if God lives in us and the Holy Spirit has empowered us, then we do not have to wait for anything. We just have to begin to walk in the authority of what we have. I know this is stretching you tonight, but please hear me. There should be evidence of who you belong to. There should be an aroma about our lives. Anybody remember the story of the seven sons of Sceva that thought they was going to operate and do something, cast out a devil? But all of a sudden, the enemy looked at them and said this, Jesus we know and Paul we know, but who are you? See, it's not about just knowing something, but it's about being part of something. It's not about having an intellectual understanding, but it's about having a relationship in such a manner that we've been alone with Jesus. Notice with me, Peter and Paul, listen, there was, uh, Peter and John, rather, there was an aroma about their life. Because it says this, the, the, those of their day looked at them and said, I don't know what's going on. I don't even know what we're supposed to do with these guys. All we know is this, that we believe they've been with Jesus. How did they know that? Because there was an aroma about them. They smelled like him. Yeah. What do I mean they smelled like him? Is they began to do the things that he had done. They, was, uh, they, they, they walked in the likeness of Christ in such a manner. Because when Jesus was walking his earthly ministry, notice uh, uh, people was been healed, delivered, and set free. Now the early church comes along. They go to the upper room. All of a sudden, they begin to walk in a power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and signs and wonders begin to follow them. They walk by a temple that they'd walked to time and time again. They'd seen this man lay there before, but now it was different. All of a sudden, they began to be a witness of the resurrection. Can I tell you today, we have a responsibility to be witnesses of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. That don't mean we try to work something up or try to make something happen. It just means this, that we walk in the authority that God has given us. Well, but preacher, that was for then. There's no scripture to say that. You know, many teachings today tell you all the apostles has done away with and all the, there, there's no, there's no biblical application for that. Notice with me, if that would be the case, then why is it that in your Bibles you would read the following in James chapter 5, where it simply says these words. Let me get there so I say it correctly. It's 5 and 14. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Now, what does this mean? It means this, that you and I have the ability to be powerful witnesses for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Meaning this, if any sick among us don't have to have the right atmosphere, don't have to have the stage right, the lights don't have to be right, your favorite preacher don't have to be in the room, but if there is elders in the room, if there is seasoned men and women of God in the building, elders in the church, then at any given time, please hear me, at any given time, not that there's anything in this oil, but because it's symbolic of what we're supposed to do and be, and I don't even have it. There it is. It's hiding on me. Listen, this is just oil. We know there's nothing in it, but it's symbolic. It is a, it is a commandment that was given. But at any given time, doesn't matter what's going on. Elders of the church that are walking with the power and the anointing of God, they should be able to take this oil, pray the prayer of faith, and if somebody is sick, they should be healed. 
Oh, you're quiet on me now. That's what the Bible says. Why does he say that? Is because he understands that when faith is present, everything else is dispelled. The problem is we believe, but yet we have we 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 lean towards the unbelief more than we do the belief. Listen, I don't understand how everything works, but I do know this. I understand that God is still God. And I understand that right now one of the reasons that we are not experiencing a move of God in many regions of the world is because we are building houses with nails of excuses because we don't see the power of God. And the reason is, is because we love the world more than we do our God. It's a life of sacrifice. It's a life of commitment. It's a life of dedication. Why is it that Brother Dalton was able to lay hands on my brother Phil and immediately he was healed? It's because he was a man of prayer. Was it something he did occasionally? It's something he did continually because he believed in the basic principles of the word of the Lord. Why is it that others, we can lay hands on them and pray for them, the prayer of faith, and automatically they be healed? Why is it happening all the time? Listen, it'll happen more when we get to the place where we understand who we are in Christ. The word of the Lord is not subject to men's opinions. But it's subject to the fact that when a man of God, a woman of God will surrender to God, then they can walk with authority and power where they can begin to turn a world upside down. You know the reason we're not turning a world upside down today is because we don't believe we can. We believe the lies of the enemy. But tonight, can I tell you, I'm tired of being defeated. Oh, it's quiet in here tonight. Listen. Restoring the witness of the resurrection. Can I tell you, if you lay hands on somebody that hasn't walked for 40 years and they get up and they begin to walk, you ain't going to fit everybody in this house next Sunday. You know why? It's because people are going to come and see what in the world's going on. Why? It's because there is a manifestation, there is a witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. That's why you and I, we don't seek gifts. We don't seek after certain things. We seek after the giver of the gifts. And we say, God, whatever it is that you want me to be and do, that's what I'll do. I'll flow in whatever capacity. But please hear me. We have to be men and women that once again desire the power of the Holy Ghost in our lives. Peter and John and the other apostles and all of the others we could mention. I could give you hundreds of names tonight of men and women that gave everything. And the Bible says, and history tells us, that they was witnesses with great power. One of the greatest things that could ever be put on my headstone, if I don't go in the catching away of the church, would be simply this. With great power, he gave witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. That's how I want to live the rest of my life. Because can I tell you, he is worthy to be exalted and praised. And he is the only hope for this nation and for the nations of the world. There needs to be, and I sincerely believe there's going to be, in this next wave that's getting ready to hit this nation, there's getting ready to be a manifestation of the healing power of God. Some of you might as well just get ready. Your world's going to be rocked a little bit. And if you're not careful... Please hear me. You'll be real quick to have a little bit of a religious approach to it because you'll say, well, I ain't never seen it that way before. It's not about whether you've ever seen it that way before. Just know this, that try the Spirit to know that they're of God. And when you begin to see the power and the moving of God begin to move and manifest in healing power and healing avenues, it's going to shake some things, but it's also going to cause some resistance to occur. But here's the deal. Tonight, I sincerely believe this. God is calling us to a place where we understand the importance of being witnesses of the resurrection. Why is it that the gift of the Holy Ghost was given? You have to go back and reread Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. It wasn't for you and I to feel good and be excited in a church service. He simply says, not many days from now, you'll be endued with power from on high to do what? To be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. 
God wants to use you. That's why he's given us the gift of the Holy Ghost. I know you look in the mirror and you see all of the flaw in the air and say, well, I'm this or I'm that, and God should surely use somebody else because there's somebody else so much more qualified. Listen, there's a whole lot more people qualified to do what I'm doing, but for whatever reason, I guess he thought it'd be funny. So I just said yes. And it's been a good journey. But at the same time, listen, I understand we all feel inadequate at times, but notice the gift of the Holy Spirit has been given to us so that we can be witnesses. So how can I be a good witness? How can I be the witness that I need to be? It is only by and through the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost in my life. But with that, I can be one that with great power, I can give witness of the resurrection. So how do I operate in that great power? Is by coming back and understanding it's not by might, it's not by power, but it is by the Spirit of God. Not every service is going to be a shouting service. Not every situation will you have an answer for. But know this, every situation can be dealt with with the answer that we know is true, and that is Jesus Christ. Due to this event that happened in Acts chapter 3 that propelled Peter and John into Acts chapter 4, notice what happened. And I'm going to get ready to end this very quickly. They was brought before the elders and the religious leaders. And they didn't know what to do, so they began to threaten them and said, don't ever preach in this name again. Don't ever teach in this name again. Peter and John simply said, how can we not speak of that which we know is true? Is it better for us to obey you or is it better for us to obey God? They simply said this, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. So after they didn't know what to do with them because the people was thronging to them, they simply threatened them even more is what your Bible says in Acts chapter 4. But something happened. Something transpired. Peter and John, they went back to their own company is what it says. The people of faith, the early church is where they went. It says this in verse number 23 of chapter number 4. It says, And been let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And notice what they did. And this is the key tonight that I want to give you before I leave you. And when they had heard everything that there had transpired, Peter and John and everyone that was there, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. For to do whatsoever they ha thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. But this is the key. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. He said, Lord, now listen, you hear what they're saying. Look upon what they're telling that they're going to do to us. But they did not back away. But they said, grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. And by stretching forth thy hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may, may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And get this, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. You say, I want to be a great witness of the resurrection. I believe every one of us would say that tonight in this room. So the question is, how do we do it? It begins by simply saying this prayer that I just read to you. Began to be bold enough to pray a prayer, Lord, give me boldness. But don't pray it if you don't mean it. Because notice what happens is when the apostles and those that was gathered began to pray the prayer, Lord, give us boldness to speak your word. And Lord, let signs and wonders follow us so that we can be a witness of the resurrection it says where they was, the place was shaken, and the Holy Ghost came and filled them again. 
And notice their prayer was answered immediately. They began to speak the word of God with boldness. Why is it that we have not seen the things maybe we desire to see as they come to the music this evening? I think it can be summed up in this manner. There has been a lack of boldness within the body of Christ. You and I can't be bold without the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. I sincerely believe. I sincerely believe that if a man or a woman of God will begin to shake off a spirit of intimidation that the enemy has tried to place upon the church and will begin to pray, Lord, give me boldness. I believe that it sets the stage for a visitation of the Holy Ghost that will bring an equipping of the saints that where they live and dwell will be shaken in such a manner There will be no denying the power and the authority that is within them. Tonight, we are not going to change our culture. And we're not going to reach the lost with just having a church service. We are going to take a nation back, a community back, a family back. When we began to boldly declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Sometimes it may even put you in a very uncomfortable situation. But in those uncomfortable times, here's the question. Will you still believe? I spoke to a man the other day here in this city. I did not know this story, but it happened here a few years ago. There was a baby in the arms of its mother. Ran into our local Walmart screaming, help me, help me, help me. Everybody was standoffish, not knowing what was going on. And this gentleman and a couple others ran and they grabbed this baby, and the baby was blue. It was dead. Just a few years ago, Ron Gillum, some of you may know, he's a friend of mine, he's retired. Firefighter, I haven't talked to him yet, but I'm going to, to confirm this story. But he was there, and he came over, and he began to do CPR on this little baby. Said they did it for about five minutes. And he looked up, and he said, it's gone. This baby's dead. EMTs are arriving. This elderly man picked up this baby and said, No. Laid that baby over his knee and said, in the name of Jesus, began to live. Smacked that baby on its back. It was still blue. Said he, in the middle of everything, he said, devil, you're not going to take this life, but this baby's going to live and hit it on its back again. And all of a sudden, a gasp of air After over five minutes, and a baby began to live. They put that baby in an ambulance and took it on to Indianapolis. And he said, I didn't know what happened to that baby. And He said, until a little while later, somebody walked in and said, you're the man from Walmart, aren't you? And he says, I am. They said, well, let me tell you about that baby. They said when they took it, they said it was breathing, but they said it will never be able to do anything. Its, its brain is all messed up, and it, it went too long with oxygen. There's no way it can be. But they said within 48 hours, that baby was home, was perfectly normal. Nobody knows this man's name, nor does he desire for it to be. He's just a man. 
that believed in his God. When his back was against the wall and everybody else said it was over, he refused to accept what he saw naturally and said, my God is bigger. The world doesn't know him today, but I can tell you this. He's a man of great power for the witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I wonder, I wonder how many lives we can touch if we just walk in boldness. Young people, hear this old preacher tonight, boldness is not arrogance, but boldness is knowing this, I know that I know that I know that my God is who he says he is. Boldness is understanding that if God did it then, he can do it now. Boldness is understanding that it's not based upon the circumstance that I see, but it's based upon what does the word of God say. And his word says that signs and wonders will follow them that believe. I wonder, do you really believe? I know I may sound like I'm in left field for some of you today, but I'm going to tell you something. My God's so much bigger than what we give him credit for. And I don't know if you notice or not, but all around us, there's men and women that's just upside down. They need healed. They need delivered. They need set free. They're spending thousands and thousands of dollars that they don't have just to try to get medicated to make it another day when if you just touch them in the name of Jesus, they could be delivered. Oh, but now you've been radical, preacher. No, I'm not been radical. I'm just telling you, you've got the ability to be a faithful witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So why do you want to settle? I pray you hear my heart tonight. You've been gifted. You've been called. For such a time as this, Polycarp's not here at this season in history. William Tyndale's not here in this time in history, but you are. And the same God that lived in them is the same God that lives in you. But the question is, will we respond as they did? Will I lay everything down? And will I be his hands? Will I be his feet? I wonder if possibly there's another David Wilkerson in this room under the sound of my voice that is willing to leave the white little house and the white picket fence and go to the ghettos of New York City and walk where the angels feared to trot is what they said in the 60s and begin to usher in a move of God. When everybody else said, oh, that's just not even worth it. They're they're just, they're too far gone. But he walks in and he lays hands on them and he sees gang after gang begin to repent. And men that was in the ghetto now preaching the gospel all over the world. All because somebody was willing to be a good witness. Was able to walk in great power. Here's the thing, I know in myself I can do nothing. But tonight I know this, I'm not in myself. But there's a God that lives inside of me. And because of him, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I wonder if we believe that tonight. I wonder tonight how much longer we want to keep running from the gifts and the callings that God has given us just to walk in defeat when we could embrace the gifts and callings that God has given us and begin to be his hands and feet and begin to see a generation turn for Jesus. I know this isn't normal preaching today, but listen, we're not in normal times. 
But there is a manifestation of the glory and the power of God that's getting ready to sweep this nation. And can I tell you this? It's going to be done through ordinary men and women like you that simply are bold enough to say yes. So as we stand all over the house tonight, I wonder, I wonder if there's anybody in this room that's brave enough to say yes. I'm not going to stand here and tell you it's not going to cost you anything, but I'm going to stand here and tell you it's going to cost you everything. I'm not going to tell you that it's going to be easy because it's not going to be easy. You're going to have to fight through some stuff. You're going to have to go through some stuff. But wouldn't it be worth going through hell on earth to see a generation come to the knowledge of Jesus? If it was your daughter or if it was your son that was standing on the brink of hell tonight, wouldn't you want somebody to relinquish everything they had to go pull them from the flames? We need somebody to be willing to be a witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Here's one of the challenges in modern history is every time God has begun to use a man or a woman, people has fallen in love with the man. They fall in love with the woman, but here's the deal. Young and elderly alike, can I tell you tonight, please listen. If you don't hear anything else I say, please hear me what I'm getting ready to say. Because I know I'm standing in the midst of people that has gifts and callings. And if you'd ever just yield and surrender to it, I'm here to tell you tonight. You would shake Connorsville, Indiana and the surrounding areas. By the power and the anointing of God that began to flow through you. But when God begins to move through you, and people begin to look at you and say, Oh, that was wonderful. Don't ever take something that belongs to God. But when God begins to flow through you and use you, you take everything that is given and you give it unto him and say, God, they think it might have been me, but I know it was you. And give him his glory. Give him his worth. And as you do that, you'll begin to walk, not what just with power, but with great power. I'm not trying to prolong this tonight, but I just sense in the spirit. I sense in the spirit that God would just simply say to us, I want to move in a manner where my people walk with great power to be witnesses for my resurrection. So tonight, I'm going to ask you just to join hands with the person beside you. I want us to pray together. I want you to pray for the individual that you're connected to in this manner. You may know the person very well. You may not know them very well at all. doesn't matter. But you'd simply say this, Lord Jesus, I don't know what the plan is for their life, but Lord, I pray for boldness to come to them to step out and to operate and to move 
trusting in that which you would have called them to. And I want you to begin to pray for them and say, God, give them strength, give them direction, give them guidance. Because I believe that we're getting ready to experience great power to become wonderful witnesses of the resurrection. Dear Heavenly Fathers, we come together tonight in this house. Lord, I've emptied myself today before your people. Lord, I've did my best to share with them what you have spoken into my spirit over the last few days. And Lord, we're not standing in a place of arrogance thinking that we can do anything, but we know this, that with you all things are possible. And Father, today I'm praying and believing that there's getting ready to be a display of power in the local houses of worship across this nation. And Lord, I just dare to believe that this is one of those houses. Lord, I believe there's an explosion that's getting ready to come in more ways than one. Lord, today I pray for every man of God, every woman of God, young and old alike. Lord, that there would be a sensitivity of your spirit. Lord, that there would be an awareness that, Lord, there's something great that you have for them to do. And Lord, today I pray that they would shake off everything that would so be easily beset them and keep them from being what you're calling them to be and to do. Lord, tonight I pray for a, just a release to come to the men and women of God across this nation. Lord, I pray for a boldness to come back to the house of God. Lord, I pray that there would be a proclamation that Jesus is Lord begin to reign through the airways of this nation. Lord, I pray that through social media and through television and radio, Lord, there would be a, just a fresh move of the Holy Spirit that would begin to penetrate the ears and the hearts of humanity. Lord, I pray for there to be a holy boldness that would come upon those that has been given platforms. And Lord, let there not be a watered-down message presented in this hour, but Lord, let there be a fresh anointed message uh, by the Holy Ghost that begins to hit the airways where lives would begin to be transformed and changed. Lord, as we go through our week and to our respected places, places of business, places of interaction, Lord, places of leisure this week that we may find ourselves. Lord, I pray that there would be no hindrance for the church to be the church. Lord, let there be a ministry released within the people. Let there be a sensitivity to the needs that they might come in contact with. Lord, I pray for a boldness to rise up in your people where they'd be willing to just pray right at the gas pump, right at the deli, wherever they may find themselves. And Lord, let signs and wonders follow them. Lord, I'm not saying they have to be loud and bolsterous, but Lord, whatever their demeanor is, maybe in that still, quiet manner, let them be bold enough to take a hand. Let them be bold enough to speak the word. Let them be bold enough to anoint with oil and pray the prayer of faith. And Lord, I pray that there would be a rewarding by the signs and wonders that would begin to follow. Lord, I thank you for cancer that's getting ready to be removed. I thank you for heart disease that's going to be healed. I thank you, Lord, for, for issues in the body that's going to be dried up because of the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit present in the church today. Lord, I thank you for creative miracles that's getting ready to happen. Lord, we call these things forth in faith. Lord, believing and knowing that, Lord, you're getting ready to receive glory and honor. So, Lord, today I pray. I pray for there to just be a sweetness of your Holy Spirit settled down upon every home, every family, every marriage. Let the children begin to rest in your presence. And, Lord, I pray that there would just be a fresh visitation. Let our lives be shaken by the Holy Spirit. And let there begin to be a proclamation of boldness go forth. Lord, we pray this prayer, believing it to be so. Today, Lord, we ask that as we walk from this place, that we would not walk from your presence, but, Lord, that you would go with us, that you'd lead us, guide us, and direct us. Lord, I pray just a prayer of protection over your people. Lord, over this house of worship, 
over the people that call this place home. And Lord, we say thank you again for your presence in this house this day. Thank you for the souls that was turned to you today. Lord, I pray for greater increase to come in all manners in this house. And Lord, we'll never cease to give you the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen. Everybody, and Pastor amen. Ron coming to you again. Thank you for joining us today. I pray that the word was a blessing to you. And today, before we say goodbye, I just want to encourage you. If you have not yet put your faith and trust in the Lord, that this would be a time that you would do so. I'd also say to you, if you're going through a very difficult or trying season, know this, God is faithful. He loves you. We love you. And we just say to you today that He is still able to do exceedingly abundantly what we could ever ask or think. So I speak blessings over you and your family. Thank you for joining us today.